weekly podcast from MI6HQ. I am your interim host, Paul Atkinson, as James Bond is on assignment speeding around in an Aston Martin in Scotland. Today, I'm joined by Marcus Conse, James Page, Ben Williams, David Lee and Bill Koenig. Could you introduce yourselves, please? Hi, uh, my name is Marcus Conse. I'm the creator and editor of James Bond Brazil. First of all, thanks for the invitation, guys. It's both, both a pleasure and an honor to be joining you. So thank you. Uh, I'm David Lee here. I run thejamesondossier.com. I'm also author of The Complete Guide to the Drinks of James Bond. And uh, I think that's it. And uh, it's a pleasure to be back again. Hi, I'm Ben Williams. Uh, I write for MI6HQ and MI6 Confidential magazine. I'm Bill Koenig. I run the Spy Command. I'm Jace Page, uh, co-founder of MI6. And uh, this week I've been getting in training for Bond 26 by sleeping in a shipping container. all right excellent a windowless tripping container our topic this week springboards off some sad news which is that we lost um two times felix Leiter, david hedison at the ripe old age of 92 i believe but the panel thought we would like to have a little chat about felix in general and uh, david in particular and a little bit about the books and the films and kind of the representation of bond's longest serving ally in the series would anyone like to take us away with a little bit of a nod to David before we start talking about the character in particular? I'd like to take a whirl at it. For us who live in the States, David Hedison was one of those guys, he's like always been around, it seems. I was looking at his uh, IMDb entry. I mean, he his first credits go back to the mid-50s, and he never seemed to lack for work. He, he starred in a series, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, and then once that series was over, he seemed to have very steady work as a guest star. He, from what I've read, he's, he was apparently kind of self-deprecating about that. I said, eh, you know, it's some of that stuff you don't really want to ever watch again. But I, I think he was being a little overly modest. I mean, he was just he was always a very solid actor, very solid presence. And uh, it was kind of easy to take him for granted, actually. But, yeah, it's just it's it's. Like I said, for me, it's like he's always been around, and it's kind of weird to see that he's gone now. When was his last credit? Oh, it was it was relatively recently. It might have been voice work, but I mean, it was like I think in the twenty tens. Um, right, right. And I guess the question for the for the panel at large: What do you think inspired Eon to bring him back as Felix so many years later? I mean, this might be chronologically inept about you know in terms of talking about the subject, but there must be something about him. And about his performance in *Living Let Die* that clicked with somebody. Yeah, when the story goes, when we interviewed him a few years ago, that he said because the part of *Lighter* and *License to Kill* was kind of pivotal to the plot, Cubby Broccoli was reluctant to bring a newbie into the role, and he just so happened that he'd had dinner with him. Yeah, he had dinner with Broccoli like the week before or something. So it's one of those just typical Hollywood stories of right place, right time, when they were thinking about who to cast and. He was in the same restaurant, so and, and, it's usually how these things and, go. And, and, and I think that the funny thing is that we had like uh, John Terry for *The Living Daylights*, and 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 David returns for like how many years after *Living Let Die*, and he returns. So I don't know. Maybe they could have cast him for *The Living Daylights* as well, because you know, like casting the same Felix for 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 the same Bond, like Tim Tim Dalton. So yeah. My guess is with John Terry, I, I suspect they wanted a Felix closer to Timothy Dalton's age. Oh, yeah. But but with The Living Daylights, Terry didn't re- really make that much of an impression. He really didn't get that much to do, to be honest. But um, So I could see where 
with the plot of License to Kill, you would have wanted someone to to fill the uh, Felix role where the audience would feel something when he gets, you know, one loses his wife and then two gets gets munched on by a shark. And uh, I think having, you know, having a returning Felix, I think, accomplished that. Um, and so if you wanted a, a, a returning Felix, there weren't that many choices, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and also, I, I, I think that the chemistry between him and Moore was palpable, you know, in Live and Let Die. They, 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 I believe they were friends offset as friends uh, before, as yes. well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so that kind of uh, came across on screen. And I think of all of the performances that we've we've had he seems the kind of the most immediately likable kind of um slightly avuncular quality to him um and you know certainly has has resonance with with the audience and i think you're, everyone is quite right if you want to bring somebody back that you can have one who's got enough range to pull off that expanded role but but also something that kind of connected with an audience even if they hadn't seen um live and let die just that he seemed to kind of he fits that role very well i, I believe that people kind of were on safe ground with him as a felix rather than having somebody new well and just to second that uh, as an example of the chemistry he had with roger moore there's that scene where there's been all this havoc out at the new orleans airport and then you're back in Bond's hotel room and Felix is having to talk to the irate uh, flying school guy whose plane has had his wings clipped. And, and then, you know, Roger Moore Bond asks, how is Mrs. Bell? And, and Felix puts his hand over the phone for a second and says, intensive care, but she'll pull through. And it was a pretty funny moment, but, you know, a funny moment that wasn't over the top. And, and like I said, they had a nice chemistry. Hmm. Something also to be said potentially about the professionalism of Leiter, because in a number of other cases, we sort of we don't get to see him being very useful or demonstrating that he's you know potentially even the opposite of James Bond in the CIA. Leiter's a bit more of a bureaucrat, a bit more of a a little bit less of a blunt instrument. But you know, it's nice to also see the two of them on on par with each other. Well, we do get we do get this kind of strange character with uh with with felix where they never really i mean certainly with jack lord in dr no you kind of got the the, the the sense that he was maybe a little bit more of a blunt instrument he, he you know he manages to get the drop on bond which is which is the first time that we see something like that happen um but then at other times you know with other actors he seems to just be somebody who cleans up his mess and uh, just tells him he's doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, so you know, with Lord and with uh, Van Nutter, you kind of get a um, you get the sense that you know they are they're similar ages, they're similar that, that they have a friendship, they're on a par. But with other with other actors, you you don't quite get that same sense. You know, when we um, when we look at some of the other other performances, John Terry, for example, even though he's a younger actor you, you never really get that that sense that he is sort of bond's opposite number so to speak um he, he basically gets like one significant line you mean this is a put-up job yeah i mean well, well, one one big difference uh, between the books and, and the films is in the books uh, basically 
every time Lighter appears, they go out boozing, and um, yeah. it, it's clear that there's a, there's a real friendship there, and, and you, you never you never really get that in the films at all, and you know certainly not, not all the, the heavy boozing and trying to outdo each other. And uh, uh, I, 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 th- I think that's a bit of a, a pity. Um, they, they haven't they haven't used Lighter as as well as they could have over the years. I actually I actually really like Bernie Casey's um, Felix. Uh, in Never Say Never Again, I know it's quite a, a point of contention, perhaps you know, because um, it's a it's an unofficial film, but not everybody Don't likes mention that the war. film. Um, but I, yeah, but I, I, but I feel that their their relationship is is pretty good in that, and certainly his introduction in that film is, is pretty good, and you you, you kind of get the sense that they are, you know, and, and and Bernie's kind of very actively involved in the kind of the final showdown, and it feels it feels like it's a it's it's a it's a more rounded kind of lighter than say you 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 got with John Terry or, or David said that in the books we had like the boozing Felix with Bond and I think we we, we got that back with 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 Jeffrey Wright right because in you know in, in Quantum he's he's he 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 meet Bond like drinking in a bar and pr- probably from the first videos that we saw from Bond twenty five set we also see him like drinking like a Heineken again so. Uh, I think this kind of feel of the, the the Felix from the books. I think Jeffrey writes, at least from now, I think he's he he's he's got like this exactly like the Felix from the books. I know like this this close relationship between the two and and like always in a having not having fun, but you know like hanging around and. I was about to say in the in the early attempts at writing Felix, they the writers tried to give him more to do. There's the oh, Jack yeah. Whitting left from 1960 and Felix gets a decent amount of time. I mean, he's still secondary to Bond, but he, he's a lot more involved than is typical. He gets, you know, Felix, Felix gets wounded at some point and Bond, you know, is actually involved in rescuing him. And then when Maybaum did his first draft of Thunderbolt in 1961, when they thought it was going to be the first film, Felix gets a decent amount of time there too. And for whatever reason, that never carried over when you know they actually started making movies. Yeah, I think it's interesting because obviously, when uh, when you have Jack Lord come in, you know, uh, in in Doctor No, it was sort of the idea that it was going to be a, a continuing character. And uh, as I understand it, Lord wanted to have equal billing at uh, at one point. And I suppose that's where they came in with this sort of idea of um, maybe stepping that character down a little bit, and maybe saying we don't need we don't need to have him equal billing as Bond. We don't need to have this kind of um, opposite number kind of role, particularly when you see you know Sek Linda, um, okay, <laughs> you know playing playing the character much much older. Um, and which is amusing because he was on, he was like three months younger than Jack Lord, but I know which is um, which, yeah, which yeah. is amazing, really. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't actually uh, know that, Bill. It's uh, it's it's interesting because you wouldn't unless you actually sat down and, and looked at them. and looked it yeah. up. You wouldn't. No. I didn't. I didn't either. I just, in fact, I we I think we briefly talked about C. Slender on a previous podcast, and that kind of stuck in my head. So I, I looked it up strictly out of curiosity, and I was I was I was very much surprised myself 
when I get that. So the, the, big, the, the big question here really then is what moisturizer does Jack Lord, Jack Lord use? <laughs> right, the, the other way of looking at it is KFC is not, KFC is not good for your complexion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Jamaica is apparently. Jack apparently also had a hair piece, although I don't know if he was wearing one at the time of Dr. No. I don't think on top. I think something more like covering a bald spot in the back. But there, there is a Hawaii 5.0 where you know, they, they fish him out of uh, the harbor in Hong Kong. And for just a moment or two, you, you know, the way his hair is laying, you can tell there's some significant bald spot. That uh, That's the only time I can recall on that show that you, you can tell that. But... Uh, Everyone's getting anyway. fished out of the water in Hong Kong these days. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's interesting because you do get you do get very different portrayals of uh, Felix throughout the films, and you know when you look at I don't I don't know sort of like the the difference between sort of Hedison's portrayal and say Norman Burton's portrayal. I mean, essentially, they're they're kind of playing that same character in the sense of kind of fixing Bond's mistakes after he's kind of wreaked havoc. But and this is this is no disrespect to Norman Burton, but you know there there isn't that that you don't get that chemistry between the two of them. You don't feel that they are kind of good friends in that that way. You almost get the impression they cast Norman Burton basically to make Connery look better. Yeah, physically. Yeah, well, Connery Connery was. Yeah, he he t- he certainly wasn't looking perhaps at his his best in diamonds. You know, he he, he put a little weight on and he wasn't standing as tall, perhaps. So you know, to put somebody you know who who casts Connery in a slightly better light, that does sort of make sense. But yeah, I just you know, it's 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 not the most memorable performance. Whereas even with even with the um, Rick Van Nutter in uh, Thunderball, he doesn't do a great deal and he tends to kind of like you know, follow Bond rather than kind of do anything else. I'd argue, Ben, that Felix in Thunderball makes the worst mistake of any Felix, which is, you know, when he goes into the hotel room, that's a fine way to treat the CIA. Well, you were about to say 007. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Blow. <laughs> it took a, took a trade craft. Yeah, blow everybody's cover in the hotel. Great, good job. It doesn't. It doesn't matter because that guy's going to get eaten by a shark anyway. But 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 one thing though, going back to what David said, there at least was a hint that they were going to do some boozing before they got down to business because Bond says, "Oh, we've got a ship we should look at later," and as he's you know opening up a bottle of vodka or whatever, so you get the impression. They're gonna like have a few drinks, you know, before they do any investigating. It's not actually a catamaran; they're just seeing double. <laughs> Ever the professionals, eh? I mean, yes. that was one of the things I was thinking about when when I was starting to prep this topic was one of the weird things about having a Felix that's sort of recast consistently throughout the series is that they. I think on multiple occasions play into the idea that you don't actually know who this character is yet. Yes. But surely James Bond does know this. Yeah. And it's only a fake out for the audience for like a three second window before they're like, oh, actually, this is Felix Leiter. It's almost like what they did at the start of Living Daylights where there's three double O's in the back of the plane and you don't know which one the new Bond is. It's like, hey, audience, you don't know which actor's going to be playing Felix in this film yet, but Bond knows Except it already. We <laughs> Except we do. Um, yeah, well, there is there is that classic fake out. And I, and I, and I was talking about 
this the other day in terms of the the 007 fake out that we're going to have for uh, for Bond 25, where send in 007 and obviously Nomi's going to come in. We all know that's going to happen, so that that fake out's not going to going to work. But here's a suggestion. Perhaps Felix Leiter is just a code name. Yeah, be uh, Felicia Leiter. <laughs> well, John, John, John Gardner's continuation novel is yeah, actually they, a Felix Leiter's do, daughter. Yeah. In the I books. don't remember what her name was, though. They do. Cedar, Cedar Leiter, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Raymond Benson, one of his novels had Leiter in a wheelchair because I guess he. His legs had uh, taken all that punishment over the years. He finally said, oh, I can't walk it. So he had one hand in a wheelchair, no legs. Yes, yeah, pretty yeah. rough. He also had a, a, a white cat and, a, and no hair. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bond's brother, right? One quick thing about Jack Lord. He was the one lighter who struck me as he would push back at least a little bit on Bond because you know there's that scene where Bond shows up yeah. you know, to the boat after dealing with Miss Taro and says, and then I forget the setup line, but Leiter's response is, yeah, for two hours. Like, he's got, he's like a little bit. Yes, yeah, they're also that. arguing like whose beat it is, right? Well, this right. is the, the opportunity for them to both sort of nut it out, to get to know each other. You know, at this point, they're supposedly not friends or am I misremembering Dr. No? This is meant to be the no, first you're, time. You're, you're correct. They had, they yeah. had never met according to, uh, uh, the movie, and then they meet for the first time when when Light got the gun at his back, and uh, that's right. Careful, bud. Careful. Yeah, it's um, see, where'd you, where'd you get measured for this, bud? Line. Yeah, yeah. And Connery thinks he's talking about his suit rather than his gun. Yeah. And my tailor, my tailor, Savile Row. Um, so I was, I was that. That's funny. My guys are my mine is a guy in Washington, in Washington D.C. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a nice little play, and I, th- I think that actually that that little meet not quite a meet cute, but quite it's it's a nice way of bringing those two characters together, and it does, as I said before, it kind of illustrates really the level that Light is supposed to be at. That you know, when we first see Bond appear at the airport, he's very savvy. He knows when he's being photographed. You know, he's 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 aware of people following him, but he's not aware of. Um, Felix Leiter, for whatever reason. So it, it, it sort of suggests that Felix is not necessarily on an equal footing, but certainly as, as professional, maybe. And the fact that he can pull a gun on Bond and Bond, you know, for any, any other person would have, uh, would have had him. So it's kind of, it's, you know, it is a, it's a, it's a good way to set the character up. In the grand tradition of reverse chronology, let's talk a little bit about the books and introducing Felix in the books. And the other sort of brief passing thought that I had, and I have to admit it's been a long time since I read Casino Royale, I've always felt that, like, always always slightly surprised having watched a number of the films before reading the book, that we were, that Felix was sort of jostling for space as the sort of, like, best buddy, lead ally with Marthas in that book. And so how is it that you guys think that potentially that, you know, Mathis shows up a couple more times in the series, but that Felix becomes the memorable, and the character that um, that that Fleming chose to run with more more extensively. Yeah. I'd say probably from the film's point of view, it was simply that Leiter was American, and so he he would uh, he, he he would be. Yeah better for American audiences, but in in the books... I, in fact, I, I'm surprised a bit that Mathis didn't show up in the films until Casino Royale, and then they kind of wasted him in Quantum of Solace, because he, he was a great 
great character in in the books and the films uh, when they used him. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I, I think you basically have to look at the fact that when Fleming was writing, he kind of split his writing between sort of America and you know the islands and a lot of adventures there, and then he had some sort of European adventures. So it was kind of like we need an ally in both both camps, and I, I suppose that for all intents and purposes, Leiter was the American ally and, and Mathis was the, the European one. And also, you know, Doctor Knows the, chose it to be the first film, but Leiter is not in the novel Doctor No, so they squeezed him in there. Um, and uh, surely for the, for the same reason, that, that, that uh, US right. audiences could, could relate to him. Better. Yeah, probably, yeah. I was about to say, and, and, and given his hairstyle and stuff, he even sort of like looked like JFK. Um, a bit. Actually, I think the number of actors sort of look, went for that look, but uh, Lord certainly had it in Dr. No, as, you know, you know, somewhat Kennedy-esque. I think what's interesting is that Fleming, Fleming would always write his allies in a, in a particular way. Um, you know, we, we see it with um, Darko and we see it with, well, just basically any time they are, they are larger than life, kind of the Columbo, for example, they're, they're larger than life kind of uh, people who, who are, you know, generally tend to be kind of big livers, uh, <laughs> as in they'd live big rather than having big livers. Um, yeah, I was going to uh, say probably yeah, both. Probably, yeah. or, 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 <laughs> probably both. Um, and, and also tend to... He died donating his liver to science. But just, I, mean, I mean, talking and talking of big livers... Um, that was that was one of the things that the, the nice little uh, stories that Fleming did put into Thunderball, which is when they uh, they both order a, a a martini and Lighter sends his back and says, you know, don't don't put so many olives in there because they're they're basically kind of scamming you out of the extra kind of vodka that you might get in there. Or they're not very absorbent, um, right? <laughs> well, it's just a, he said, oh, you put two big olives in there, and that's that's one one shot of uh, vodka that you might not get in. Otherwise, I, I love that one as well because then Leiter also talks about how much they water down the the bottle by to, and how many so how many uh, units of alcohol they get out of a bottle once they've doxed it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it's 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 you can hear Fleming's voice through that. You really know that that's Fleming going. I hate it when they do this, <laughs> but but they generally tend to be. I mean, Leiter is written as a a, a lanky blonde Texan who is kind of larger than life and kind of tends to tends to have a very good sense of humor and a very positive outlook on on the world uh, which is very stark contrast to say you know Jeffrey's you know interpretation of the of, of, of the, the, the character because um, Jeffrey Wright tends to be quite sour and um, like quite quite put upon um he has the world's worst poker face for the world's best poker player he might be happy all that time though you know <laughs> this is poker face might be really good oh he might be might be really good but um you know when when lighter when when bond in the novels meets lighter in diamonds of forever it's the um, i think it's the first time he, he meets him after after he's had his his appendages chewed off he's very happy you know he's he's very upbeat and Bond even goes into the to the restroom and reflects upon, you know how how well he's uh, he's dealt with his injuries. And I can't imagine, you know, Jeffrey Wright's character being quite as uh, quite as upbeat about 
you know, having his arm and his leg chewed off. For me, one of the best lighter sequences in the novels is, of all places, The Man with the Golden Gun. And we've talked before about how Fleming didn't get to do the usual polish and editing on that novel that he did on, on his other novels. But for me, that that book comes alive in the second half when Bond meets up with Felix. And it's a total surprise to Bond. He didn't realize you know, Felix was going to be involved in this case. And one of the best scenes is toward the end. Bond is hospitalized. Leiter is getting out of the hospital. And it's one, it's one of these things where they both can't come out and say how much each means to the other. But Felix leaves and Bond's trying to say something collapses and, you know, Mary Goodnight won't, you know, sort of shoot Felix out of the hospital room. But I, I just think, I, I think that scene's very good. And like I said, for me, that book comes alive when Felix shows up in the second I half. remember reading it kind of the, the, the first time because I, I was at primary school uh, at, at the time and I, it, it's, it's kind of it's, some of it's interesting but it, it's kind of dull until Felix ar- arrives on on the scene and then it's then it kind of really takes off after that yeah I, I agree with that I think this is the, the the important thing to remember that Bond is fairly stoic and and you do need to have these these other characters around him to kind of lift him certainly in certainly in the the novels you know when we when you read from russia with with love you 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 feel that he he as a character becomes more interesting based on the people that are around him um otherwise he would be fairly kind of you know a fairly stoic civil servant it's when he meets these people with who bring some kind of local color and flavor and and a little bit of humor into it that he responds to that rather than so he's more reactive in a, in a lot of ways and I think without these ancillary characters, um, Bond... It's also a good storytelling flat. device because you need something for him to play off, something for him to discuss his plan with, somebody for him to, I guess, emote or <laughs> to or with or something like that. So <laughs> raise, raise an eyebrow to... <laughs> the Roger style, yeah. 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 And, and without that, you know, you think that the, the premise of the character is that he's sent away to do a dirty job on his own. And so he has no thought skill knowledge of what's going on into the into the situation and he's sort of thrown into the the deep end here and in order for him to be able to communicate to the audience what's going on unless you're Fleming and you write his, his thoughts you know he doesn't he, he needs something to play off so it's probably fairly important for the for the allies to be accepted memorable and like in you know Yes, accepted to an audience, right? That, that, yeah. that, that there's a shorthand between Felix Bond and the audience because we know who this character is, even though he's played by a bunch of different people through the years. So that sort of leads me to my question of how do you think Felix has changed since? I mean, let's just let's just take the the film series as a as a as a baseline. But how does each person on the panel feel like Felix has changed over the years that we've been seeing him on screen? I would say he's changed significantly, but I would say he changes significantly film to film. As I said before, I think he, he gets divided into kind of two camps. Either he is the guy that is just kind of a little bit world-weary of Bond and, oh, here I am clearing up another mess for him. Or he's his, you know, he is a genuine friend and they have uh, you know, good affection for one another. I always like it when there is 
more of this camaraderie there's more of this affection i think the the kind of the weary oh god i just gotta gotta phone the police up again and explain why why this has all gone wrong <laughs> I, you know i, I mean it's a, as, as you said before bill it's always quite a nice comedic moment on whose side you know you get those those little bits but david hedison acts like a straight man for um, clifton james at that sequence yeah. because captain will you please explain to the sheriff <laughs> and then it's it's like he's teeing things up, so and then just get out of the way for JW to go crazy. Felix has certainly not lost his relevance. We can say that for certain. But in terms of we we talk about how that character is developed. If you look at if you look at Casino Royale and you look at both Mathis's character and uh, Felix's character in that, Mathis plays sort of the the more friendly character you know the, the the person that bond would have been friends with um rather than and and lighter plays the kind of does it look like we need the money kind of guy it's a shame in in a lot of ways that when you remove mathis in in quantum you know you lose that kind of that camaraderie and what you've got left is is this kind of dry friendship that they have that they're, they're, they're not they don't really feel like they're they're good buddies. In fact, in Quantum, when they're at the bar, as Marcus was uh, mentioning earlier, even though yeah. they're drinking together, they're not good friends. I mean, he's definitely saying, look, this is where you need to go and watch out because there's going to be a hit squad here in five seconds. But they don't. It, it's it's a it's not a, a, a nice kind of relationship that they're having they're kind of they're kind of ribbing each other yeah it's it's more because it's more that he's kind of disgusted at the way the the cia is dealing with this situation rather than uh doing it out of friendship for bond yeah and and also you know when they when they are talking about you know the methods that each of them have employed they're both kind of going oh well no you do it too oh and you know you're not you're not completely guilt-free in, in this and they're not that doesn't sort of feel like, dude, I've got to get you out of this. Here's, here's what you need to do. You get that one moment in Quantum where, you know, uh, Jeffrey's lighter kind of says, oh, I don't know who that is when, you know, asked to identify him, which, which is pretty solid. You know, I, I like that. But it do, again, that doesn't, that's more, that feels more like a professional courtesy than, uh, than an act of friendship. I was about to say in Thunderball, the novel, and I think it's also in the Whittingham script, there's this, it's where Bond and Leiter first meet in the, in that story. And I think Leiter's line is 007, this is 00 nothing or 00. Um, and I suspect that's actually the genesis of that line in Thunderball where Felix gives it all away. <laughs> Fine way to treat CIA. I mean, I, th I think that with that this is double o nothing line but but in the context of the novel it's like there's no bad guy about <laughs> listening in on it so yeah i uh, i think it would be nice really to i hope that we'll, we'll see a little bit more of a, a friendship between the two of them particularly in in bond 25 where you know as bond has retired and Felix is, as we understand it, calling in a bit of a favor. It might be quite nice to sort of see if there's a little bit more of a friendship between the two rather than, a, than this kind of professional courtesy that they seem to be sharing. I, I really enjoyed the relationship between Bond and Mathis in the um, Casino Royale and, and, in, and in Quantum. And it's, I would have liked to have seen that relationship really 
develop with uh, with lighter as well. And I feel I've always felt that it's always lighter that has been his his truest friend, um, certainly in the in the novels. And it feels sort of a little strange to have this frosty kind of relationship that they have. It would be uh, it would be nice to sort of see more of a more warmth between the two of them. Yeah. So uh, so perhaps uh, at the beginning of Bond twenty five, and Light will be visiting Bond. They'll uh, get, decide to go out on a on a fishing trip, and uh, and Light will get uh, thrown to the sharks. <laughs> <laughs> Insurance won't cover that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, they, when they reboot the uh, series again for Bond 26, Elytra will come back with arms and legs again, so no problem. It's a bit like in, in South Park, actually, with uh, Kill right, Kenny. Right. Oh, my God. You, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you bastard. We, we did speculate that they could make light of this sacrificial lamb in this film, didn't we, a few months ago? Doubt they'll do that. Yeah, and, and especially because I think that uh, Jeffrey Wright's uh, in, in Bond 25, we think he, he only appears in Jamaica, probably, right? Mm. Or the fi- or the scenes that they shot in Jamaica. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would I would hope it would come across as more friendly when Lighter goes to see Bond in uh, uh, Bond 25, because if it's not, then it's like, well, what does what Felix says? Pictures of James in compromising position and blackmails him. That would. I'm not. That's quite the right way to start off the movie. But, and he uh, dragged people out of retirement, <laughs> and showed them some, uh, <laughs> compromising photographs. Bond, I have pictures of you with a goat. So you're going. To- <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what you can do with Photoshop these days. <laughs> now, hang on, this is the this is the one to spin to the mail. You won't, believe, you won't believe how this flux is in Bond 25. <laughs> <laughs> is this going to happen to the goat in Bond 25? <laughs> You'll never guess where Felix Leiter kept his pickles. Peppers. <laughs> oh, dear. I just had flashbacks uh, to milking the cow. Milking <laughs> <laughs> the goat. <laughs> oh, dear. I think this, this episode's derailed badly, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> After we've edited that whole section out. Um... No, that's tight. You, you guys made that bit. By, by, <laughs> by the way, one quick footnote before we segue away from Felix. Of course, there's also the 1954 CBS production where they made Bond an American and Lighter the British guy, and they changed Felix's first name to Clarence. Their first meeting essentially becomes a plot device. Or, Here's how you play Baccarat. And... Anyway, I, by the way, I am a defender up to a point of that production in that people try to compare it to the movies and you just can't. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I, I, I am. We've had this conversation on Twitter, I think, haven't we? Yeah, and yeah. It's, I mean, for, for the time and for the medium, I, I think it, it, was, it was fine. I, you've got to remember that it was you know, 1954. Bond wasn't a phenomenon. It was you know, some probably fairly low-budget uh, TV play and and it was live and and that show had also they did a lot of literary adaptations but they're like cramming it into an hour you know like 50 minutes minus commercials so i mean that's tough i mean but they were like also doing dr jekyll and mr hyde in an hour they were doing huckleberry Finn in an hour they were doing the long goodbye in an hour so it's like <laughs> the short goodbye yeah yeah the not so long goodbye uh, but, 
Um, so that show had ambition, but you know, that was, they were like crunching stuff way down. So I still think that, you know, it, it, whatever the time constraints or, or what have you, or whatever year it was made in, uh, you still should remain dead. If you're <laughs> killed. Just do a Peter and get up. I think there's a longer version though where that it, that gets explained um it was actually our friend it was actually a friendly Pfeiffer at Cinema Retro um who got the extended ending the, and reissued that on DVD and then I think MGM included it when they reissued it years later they have I don't think they have that that's the I, I that's the, that's the weird thing um and I have seen both versions and the the shorter version ends very mm. very abruptly but the the with the extended version uh is is pretty good I think one of the things I uh, I, I noticed in um Quantum of Solace was that Mathis admits that his name is a code name so I mean, is it not possible that um, Felix is also a just a code name? And uh, not that not that I'm particularly behind this as a as a notion, but um, it's it's certainly been been evidenced in Quantum of Solace, so it doesn't mean that it's uh, it's out of the realms of possibility. I guess it, it depends where that's come from, because if it's if it's Purvis and Wade, then it's one thing. But if it was uh, Mark Foster in the you know in the kind of uh, rewrites while while shooting, then it may not it, it may not be in the collective memory of the of the Bond producers and and the the people around them. I don't know. And don't forget Joshua Zetmer, who was doing the uncredited rewrites once the uh, strike was over. So it could have been his idea too. Hard to tell. Well, in the great tradition of uh, Felix Leiter, the rewrites whilst boozing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not um, enamoured with the idea that it's uh, that it's a code name, but certainly interesting that you can perhaps explain away. Did they say code name or did they say cover? Oh, co- oh, they say cover. They say yes. You no, you're right. Sorry, my apologies. The idea is that this is a person who's given a different identity to protect their family or to protect. You're absolutely right. He says cover name, um, but it would it would go some distance to explaining why you have so many different Felix Lighters throughout the throughout the franchise. Um, but so how how, do, how does Bond always recognise him then? In, into the <laughs> into the lighter verse, you have all these different Felix Lighters. <laughs> <laughs> Bill has actually preempted a question I was going to ask the panel, which is: Imagine it is a, an alternate universe, and Disney's just bought James Bond, and we're about to create. Well, he's just announced the uh, the Felix Leiter movie, um, but he needs the uh, Mr. Disney. They need your help to cast him. Who would you cast? Uh, here's an interesting thing because I actually did um, a long time ago on the, the forum did did a kind of a how would I cast a, a, a Casino Royale, this is before Casino Royale came out, in terms of who would, who would play what character. And I was, trying to, I was trying to cast it based on the, the physical descriptions in the book. And at the time, because Leiter is described as a kind of a tall, blonde Texan, I did, I did think about, oh God, this is terrible, the guy, the guy from Lost who played Sawyer. You're some, the angels will come in and tell me who that was in a second. 
and I thought he could he could do it well. Also, Owen Wilson, weirdly enough, because he's described as having a a, a a mop of a mop of blonde hair that kind of falls over his hawkish nose. James I Ford. I kind of figured that that would be quite a good mm. good fit for this comedic comic relief kind of um, Felix. James Ford James was the Ford. actor you're thinking of, right? Yeah, I mean, he was he was you know he had a he had a, a certain kind of quality to him which I thought would would work well. But in terms of the, the the physical description of of, of Lighter in Casino Royale, he does sort of fit that Owen Wilson mold. I was the same in thinking about who should play Lighter well well before they made Casino Royale, and the the actor that I was thinking of at the time was Willem Dafoe. He's way too old to to play the part now, but I, I think uh, I think he would have made a, a good Lighter at the time. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So, so I've I, so I've got one that I'd love to see um, as a standalone kind of spin-off movie. Jeff Bridges, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he can play play he can play him as a Texan if you wanted to keep it yeah. authentic. Um, but, uh, going after the white Russians, right? There you that go. Was, that was my joke for the week. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> Just the one. <laughs> sometimes they land and sometimes they don't. It's alright. I'll put a last track on this one. <laughs> you just gotta throw it, throw what, throw what you can at the wall and hope it sticks. A bit of cut and paste some of it from the joke conversation. Yeah, I, later that's on. exactly what I was gonna <laughs> suggest. <laughs> yeah, no, an, an abrupt laugh that just ends, <laughs> including including my own. Laugh. Yeah, in, in terms of what if they were to do it now, and if it became a Disney property, and they were doing a proper spin-off. Um, you, I don't think it would have to have to match the, the the Fleming description at all. I don't think that's that's necessary. I think what you need to do is to to do a an updated version that, of a character that people are going to connect to and resonate with. Um, so I don't think it needs to be a tall, blonde, sandy-haired Texan. I think it just needs to be a character that we can we can connect with and relate to. Well, if you were doing it in the near future, um, you could simply do Jeffrey Wright because the broader audience has that expectation, and um, you, know, you could just go go like that, if, especially if it's a one-off. I was just going to say that I just I think Jeffrey Jeffrey does a very good job with that character, and I don't don't get me wrong, I just don't think enough to kind of carry a film. I, I'm not interested enough in his lighter. To, to watch him for two hours. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, if, if they were doing it today, then it would have to be Ryan Gosling because he seems to be in just about everything. Yeah. Um, yeah he... Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so it, it's, it's kind of inevitable, you see. I think a, a Felix Slater spin-off movie, it would be great to do it as a period piece. You, you wouldn't need to tie it into – and in fact, that would actually probably make Eon more comfortable with having a spin-off because uh... it wouldn't – have to tie in with the primary series, right? Oh, you could do yeah, it as a yeah. completely standalone. Do it, you know, do yeah, it. Give it, give him early a Studio Lack car and all that. Would it be a yeah. shark? Or, or would it be. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be great. That would be great. Be a, a young Felix Leiter. How, how Felix became Felix. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> How I oh it's it's Felix like the movie or how I learned to li- love the peppers. <laughs> <laughs> but I like I like the fact that he you know he has got this souped up car 
but he's adapted to his um you know his injuries and that's quite cool and and in and then he he's joined a detective agency rather than the CIA that's that's quite interesting um, yeah it would be a bit like american graffiti on steroids wouldn't it <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think it'd be great Actually, I think I think it would work well as a Netflix or other you know or other streaming service. There's so many now, but you know where it's like uh, maybe six to ten episodes, and maybe it's into two or three major adventures in the period of those episodes. Yeah, I do like though. I love I love the idea of it being kind of sixty set and and kind of this uh, you know very American sixties feel to it. You know, I mean, I know that. The CIA's remit would be outside of um, the US, but I quite like that Kennedy-esque feel, that character being... Well, and he could be working for the Pinkertons and then could get, you know, recalled by the CIA, which is how Fleming handled it in the novel. So, yeah. over the, again, over the course of a mini-series like that, you know, you could, you could have, like, one adventure where he's, like, you know, with the Pinkertons and then somewhere in the middle of the series, you know, he gets recalled by the CIA and he's surprised at first. And now he's got to. Um, and what, what, yeah, what, what you could do actually is, is, is you could film all the books, but from Felix's point of view, and uh, he's, he's saying, you know, uh, MI6 like to claim all, all the, uh, uh, all the victory, <laughs> but in fact, <laughs> and, this, and this Bond guy, he blew the bankroll. I'm the real hero of this. I had to get an entire cast of like soldiers to lie down on cue. Like all he did was sit, sit in a cell. <laughs> he got he got caught. I organized this whole thing. Yeah. And then at the end, I got the guy to disarm the bloody thing, and Bond gets all the credit. He gets to go and see the president. <laughs> yeah. While I was doing all the work, he was just lounging around with Goldfinger and trying to impress that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and with Thunderball, it's like, oh, Bond gets lost. It's like I got to get him out of that cave. <laughs> <laughs> We just left him there. Otherwise, he's... <laughs> yeah. and Bond, Bond didn't find those those uh, those stolen nukes. It was me. He didn't. He couldn't fly a bloody helicopter. <laughs> it would be actually it'd be very interesting if you took Felix out of all of those films to see how far along Bond would get on his own. He wouldn't do very well. <laughs> oh well, I've lost all the money. This is this is what happens when a 007 agent uh, loses his shit. Stuck in a water cave, <laughs> never to be seen again. That would, that's, that would literally be it. You come back in like like Gazer Beam in uh, in the Incredibles. You'd just be down in that cave. Like a little skeleton with like a wolf. 
right, should we do some news? Marcos, we haven't talked a little bit, well, we haven't had the opportunity to talk to you at all about your take on the interesting and fun pre-production process and indeed production process of Bond 25. So I'd like to get your take on what you've seen so far, what you're looking forward to about Bond 25, any insights that you've developed quietly and written in a language I can't read. <laughs> yeah, you can always use Google Translate, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's grammar. It's grammar is shocking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, for for these movies in particular, for Bond 25, I think it's very it's much more secrecy than the last time. I don't know if it's like an Eon move or it's like a Carrie Fukunaga's move that we don't see anything. We, we, especially we don't have a title yet. This is this is unbelievable. But I, I think we're going well. I think I think maybe in the next month or two we we have we're probably going to have the the title announced with the with the first trailer of the movie, the first poster and everything, the first official stills. So I think we're going well. I think we're going to like for now for the last week they're they're filming in, in Scotland. They're filming in, in London. It was the last. It was the last. I was a oh, fucking yeah. I, I was actually in London, and I didn't remember. <laughs> yeah, I got so I I, I I got the chance to to follow like a day of shooting in Whitehall when I was in London for the Secret Cinema gig, early like last month. So I, I had the chance, the opportunity, to, like was totally out of the blue. I was walking around London, and I I saw I saw a sign. I saw I saw some crazy fans around. I saw some crazy people getting around, and they were filming like with stunt with the stunt guys and like with huge drone and huge lousy drone, and uh, it was a very great experience for me. Like you know, being a from far away, like all the way from Brazil, and I all of a sudden I'm in a bone location. It's, it's kind of crazy for me, and uh, so it was a very nice experience to to being in a bond set again. And it's, it's, it's great. It's a great, like I said, it's a great experience, great opportunity. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think, like I said before, we, we're in for a great movie. I think, I'm not sure if it's going to be like Daniel's last Bond or, or, or not. Mm. But uh, I, I share the same opinion as you, Marcus. I think they, they're going to hold out to try and make him do a sixth after this one. Yeah. They didn't yeah, have yeah. Jeff Bridges as your Felix Leiter. Is it yeah, about the same yeah. age? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I really don't know because uh, like we like we were talking with with some. I, I was talking with some friends about it. I think Eon and and especially Universal now they're dealing like they're they're following the same steps like the huge blockbusters like the Avengers of like announcing the title with the, with the first trailer. For me, I, I'm I'm not sure if this is the right move because we we're used to like to to follow the Bond production for so many years now when we always knew like when they announced the movie they had the title not uh, according to Michael G. Wilson yeah 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 I was just about <laughs> to say that <laughs> and it's, it's very like I said it's very different this time this time and we, we don't have especially the, 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 the paparazzi photos from from Skyfall and Spectre was we, we had so many behind the scenes photos from all the locations and this time around is like only splash news that had the access to the sets and like the, so I don't know what's, what's happening behind the scenes. I don't know if this, like, like, like I said, I don't know if this carries move to like to doing all this, this, this production in, in whole secrecy. But, uh, and I, I, in particular, I don't think this is the right thing to do because, uh, if you, if you wanted to like to, to build up uh, uh, expectation to the audience, to the fans, to the to the general public, 
I think you need to to know to work closely to the to the to, to, to the news, so to speak. So I'm not sure if this, if it's if it really is the right move, but uh, let's see, let's see what happens. I'm, I'm really looking forward. You know, I'm really looking forward to. I, I think when I when they announced back in April the the the, the live review in Jamaica. I, I even posted on James Bond Brazil wait tomorrow tomorrow for the title review of the Bond twenty of Bond twenty five and boom no title at the time so, you posted that though Marcus you were correct uh, yeah <laughs> right <laughs> the day before I was correct right? yeah yeah <laughs> so it's very like it's it's very strange no very strange to me I I I don't know what's what's happening and what actually happened. But uh, let's see, let's see what happens. I, I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not crazy for the first photos, for the first trailer, first poster. For me, I'm really looking forward for the title. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, I, I'm Period. with, I'm with yeah. you on this, Marcus. And I wonder if, if Ian could go back in time a year and realize yeah. that had they not been as active with the press on this one as they had on previous ones, they would have this just tidal wave of negativity in the media. Would they do the same thing again? You know, on social media this week, I saw it was a tweet or something and said, two years from now, Mission Impossible 7 is out. Are you ready? And it's like, I mean, that's all it was. And it's just obviously there's not a whole lot you could do, but it's like they're like trying to plant the seeds for, you know, to do more later. So I think there's essentially between, you know, Marcus was talking about paparazzi photos. Well, I can't blame them for wanting to crack down on that. Like we've talked about in past podcasts where you know the angle the paparazzi get is not the optimal angle it doesn't it might get people like you and i excited about a production because we can sort of like read the tea leaves and we know enough about what's going on in order to understand the filmmaking process but just to see you know standing around and talking or you know rigging a light or something like that that's not necessarily the best message for the film and so by all means crack down on secrecy and t- around the content but then you also have to you know with one hand you take away but with the other hand you've got to give it with you've got to control the message yourself you can't just be silent about it in that respect i i, I had a question for you marcus which is how yeah. is um how is bond 25 being reported locally in brazil if at all other than the big news compared to like you know the us and the uk yeah, uh, you know, you know, uh, James. Uh, I I don't know if it's because like it's like from 2015 to now, social media has grown like severely. Uh, it's, it's, we we have like several news outlets posting everything, like all those crazy rumors, all this crazy stuff. They they're posting a lot, uh, so it, it really increases a lot. Like the 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 you know, Bond has been. Uh, has been around in, in, in especially like since I think it was since when Daniels uh, confirmed that he was returning for Bond Twenty Five, like everybody in Brazil was crazy. So every new, like I said, every news outlet has been reporting since then. So it's been fun. It's been crazy. Like uh, uh, you know, we 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 have like our own special Bond community, like of fans who access our websites and like. This, this this huge news outlets post every every crazy news that they don't have any confirmation of anything i think like that you can you you, you can you can say that it's almost like the the british tabloids mm. we have like the, the yeah we have like the brazilian crazy tabloids as well it's not actually tabloids it's not like newspapers properly but it's like you know these huge outlets with very 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 important and well-connected people 
especially we had like a very big Brazilian website, like entertainment website called Omeleti. Uh, uh, in Portuguese, it's Omeleti. And uh, for you guys in, in English, it's like scrambled eggs. <laughs> so yeah, this is the name of the website. They actually got invited to the to the review in Jamaica, and uh, it was the only like the only the only South American news outlet that was invited to to, to Jamaica. So just to, just for you guys to have an idea of how how important they are to for for the studios. So yeah, they, it, it's been it's been fun. It's been fun. Uh, we need to <laughs> we have to deal this time around with this. Everybody is like sending messages to us like with this crazy news and stuff so i'm sure you guys are are used to to deal with this kind of things lately so uh like just a just a a quick note that i i i totally forgot to forgot to mention before uh and i was in london last month for like i said for secret cinema uh and i got a chance to 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 stumble upon the the set of bone 25 i Everybody was saying, and, and it was it was it was publicly confirmed that we we won't, we will have like three Aston Martins in Bond Twenty Five, the V Eight, the the DB Five, and the Valhalla. Right? I actually saw it. There was a, I'm not sure the the model of the Aston, but there was a fourth Aston Martin in the set of Bond Twenty Five in in London, and it was it was actually being filmed. So I'm not sure. It's like it's, if it's a extra car, I don't know what's going to, to happen. So just, just a curiosity. So, okay. Well, and what, uh, what kind of Aston are you talking about? Yeah, no, 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 no. It's, it's like, it's a, a modern model. It's just, it's, it's, it wasn't a DBS. It was, I think it was a DB 11. Okay. I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure. But, yeah. I'm not sure, but I think it was a DB 11, okay. like a, something like, yeah. And, and of course the, and, and of course the, the Tesla as well. There was a Tesla as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were they were filming the Tesla okay. there. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Maybe that'll help Elon Musk's stock price. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing. <laughs> yeah, and Aston Martin. No, Aston yeah, Martin, right. Aston yeah. Martin dropped twenty one percent this week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah they're struggling. So they can afford to have five of them in the Bond film. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, after the earnings report this week, I wouldn't go Bonko on that. I mean, Aston Martin doesn't have doesn't have a formal link up with a major automaker, and so they're kind of on their own. They they were owned by Ford for a long time, from like nineteen eighty seven to two thousand seven, and then they they've been on their own more or less since. And uh, I don't know. It's I mean, there's I mean, there's a lot of you know crushing pressure right now on the auto industry. Nissan's like cutting a bunch of people. Because their profit dropped ninety nine percent. So is Aston so Martin going to show prove uh, to prove the analogy once and for all that too much of a good thing? Bond twenty five. I wonder. With all these cars, they did. Eon tweeted, and Aston Martin separately tweeted what they said was Aston Martin's Bond twenty five workshop. Workshop, yeah. The only difference between the two photos was one had only cars, and the other had cars and a bunch of guys. Um, but yeah. sort of parked in the same, you know, uh, pattern. So I didn't get a whole lot of those out of those pictures. But uh, you know, Aston's plugging away at at, at uh, publicizing Bond Twenty Five uh, in any case. Yeah. Like I was saying before, uh, all, about all this secrecy involving Bond Twenty Five. Uh, of course, you guys remember for 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 Skyfall and for, for no for for for. for Casino for Quantum, for Skyfall, and for Spectre, we had like the, those vlogs, those production vlogs. 
and nothing. We don't have anything this time around. We're 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 in August actually, and we don't have anything. It's it's very different kind of approach to the to the fans and to the to the general public. I don't know what they're thinking, like how they actually marketing a movie. Uh, I don't know what you guys think, but to me, this is not the correct way. So. I'm not sure if I, I, I really, you know, because this time around we have Universal. I'm not sure if it's like it's a Universal move or a Eon move. I really have no idea. But uh, oh, Universal, Universal haven't been different. involved in anything yet. Oh, really? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. If anything, it's too many cooks in the kitchen um, situation because Universal is only doing international, which is the bigger chunk of the two. But yeah, you've got that. You've got this United Artists releasing thing. Yeah. And I don't know how well they're coordinating. You know, there was a definite burst of adrenaline when that first behind-the-scenes video came out. It was different. Yeah. But that's kind of subsided, and I don't know. They might want to think about putting another one out relatively soon just to kind of remind people that it's in the pipeline. Yeah, 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 exactly, because we only see see online, like, paparazzi photos. We don't have anything official uh, except those that, that Daniel Craig photo with the V8 in, in London. So it's about time, right? Yeah, we haven't even had the traditional cast photos because there's usually like they do the special shoot oh, yeah. of, their, of the costumes and the headshots and stuff, usually the oh, first yeah, week of production. Yeah, right. We haven't seen any yeah. of those because the, fo- the, photos they use, the photos they used at the live event were actually all credited yeah. to different photo agencies because they were, oh, yeah. they were, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were headshots of the actors from their agents mostly. Yeah, yeah. It's all in secrecy. Well, and I suppose that's an after effect of the Sony hack with Spectre where, uh, you know, scripts got out and yeah, all, and all sorts of, you know, embarrassing emails and so forth. And uh, so I, and I don't blame them for being more uh, cautious. But yeah, but you know, Bill, that, that was, I think, uh, of course, everybody said is that they're much more cautious because of the, those leaks from, from 2015. But I think there's there was actually like a, a, an isolated thing, you know. It's not like uh, we are in, you know, we're in a different time now, you know, like five years from from four years actually from 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 that from when that happened, and uh, it's a it's a new movie. So, yeah, in terms of con- in terms of controlling the narrative in the press, I think Baz at the Daily Mail did more damage to them over the years than the Sony leak. Exactly, oh, you're right. right? In yeah. terms of revealing right. stuff yeah. too early. Definitely right. Yeah, yeah, and 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 even if they're being more cautious because of that, there's you you can overcorrect. And uh, if I'm hearing Marcos correctly, I you know it, there may be a concern that they have overcorrected and they've gone so far the other way that they risk kind of falling off the radar screen at least for a while. And exactly, obviously, closer to the release, you know, it'd be back on the radar screen. But you know, but if you look at the schedule. And I haven't looked at at it totally. You know, they're going to be. They won't have a lot of. Their competition isn't necessarily that opening weekend. But you've got Marvel will, will be out with the Black Widow movie in the first weekend of May. So, and I don't know who else is you know lined up in the weeks in between Bond twenty five and Black Widow. But it's you know it's it's going to be competitive, and you can't. You know, you can't have a total news blackout, not these days. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's my point. And uh, especially if you see if you see the other the, the other Universal releases, 
they always marketing those movies like it's crazy you know it's crazy they especially i think the last one i think it was the news the new the new fast and furious right yeah, it's 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 a spin-off of yeah. Fast. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, seen, I've, I've seen five ads for it on YouTube today alone already. So yeah, exactly. Of of, of course, we're I think we're now from weeks from the film to release, but uh, uh, I've seen many behind the scenes and photos from from the movie throughout the year. So it's 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 very 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 weird actually. We're not even halfway through shooting yet, are we? Yeah, we're about that point. This week in social media, you know, they're saying two two years till the next Mission Impossible movie. Now you can't say, you know, there's not a whole lot of detail you can do with that, but they're like planting the seed just to you know get it you know get it planted in the back of people's minds. So yeah. that's how you do it. That's exactly how you should do it these days. Yeah, you, you know, there should be some kind of methodical plan just to gradually raise awareness and then it climaxes just before the film comes out i think to me the the it's 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 very it's very curious that they're using uh, the 007 account official account they're actually using the instagram stories now so <laughs> it's very yeah. controversial yeah but it, with eon it, it would be well we may put one out in two years or three because i'm a bit tired so we'll see <laughs> and we don't know if our friends got any money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James, have we sailed through another podcast without talking about Die Another Day? No. So, um, speaking of Die Another Day, <laughs> <laughs> it's made it in every single podcast, so it would be unfair not to include it. See, if Felix was in Die Another Day, we'd have been covered, wouldn't we? Well, you just to mention Aston Martin, you know, you die another day, Aston Martin came back, but at that time it was part of Ford and it was also part of this multi-brand deal that also included Land Rover oh, yeah. and Jaguar. And, and they even threw in a Ford Thunderbird on the side. So, so like I said, back then Ford was part of a much larger organization and now Ford's left and Aston's on its own. So. Okay, so slight little brain fart from like, it should have been 30 minutes previous. Um, Pierce Brosnan's era had three movies with an American counterpart, none of which were Felix Leiter. Had Jack, right. yeah, Jack Wade twice, and then yeah. we had Michael Madsen's character Falco in Dino of the Day. All of them could have been Felix. Yeah. So there was probably, is this some deliberate decision not to use him? You know, I think there may have been because remember there was an uncredited screenwriter in GoldenEye named Kevin Wade, and he named that character played by Jotan Baker after himself. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if it's like, okay, that happened and it managed to get into the final product and they didn't want to change it after that. Or maybe they felt they couldn't bring Felix back because he's supposed to be maimed and so he presumably got retired and so we're going to have this new guy, Jack Wade. And I don't know. I, I don't know what the thinking was. See, I did find a Dino of the Day angle. <laughs> There's always one, right? Yeah. Glad we got done on the day on the podcast. That's my now my goal for the goal for the afternoon complete. <laughs> so I think that was it. It's a pretty quiet week on Bond Twenty Five Front. Yeah, right. Quite, so. <laughs> quite, yeah. quite week and quite month. Quite <laughs> and, e and even quiet from the tabloid perspective. Maybe exactly, maybe, exactly. Maybe, yeah. Maybe they're maybe they're they're tired too. Uh, <laughs> you <laughs> tired? We are here at the Express. All right. So. Um, BFI have announced, last piece of news, BFI, British Film Institute, who have their own theatre in London, have announced that they're celebrating James Bond Day on the Sunday, the 29th of September. Um, and it's, as I uh, talked to Calvin last week, it's like the triple play for him. 
Um, so they're celebrating the anniversary movies. So we've got um, the day is a Moonraker screening um, with a Q and A with David Arnold and David Williams, Williams, sorry, um, on a Majesty's Secret Service and the world is not enough. So the 40, 50th and 20th, 20th anniversary Bond movies back to back all day for I think 24 quid if you're in London. I'm sure there'll be a large gathering of Bond fans for that day. 20, 24 um, quid is a pretty good value. Yeah, yeah I, for the I whole day. Yeah. I paid, I think, 18 quid to see Spectre in IMAX. So there's no um, discussion in here about the nature of the prints or whether they're going to be digital or 4K or whatever. But Oh, yeah, sorry, they are going to be digital 4K. So that would be an interesting new way to see um, how many scenes aren't Roger Moore in Moonraker. <laughs> 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 so that was all the, that was all the news, um, I think, this week. Well, uh, also, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is out, and there is a little Bond track from Thunderball in the end title. So that's oh. how much it's been. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, it's near the end of the end titles. I wasn't sure, and a guy, I, somebody who saw both Thunderball and uh, that movie recently said, yeah, it's Thunderball. It's one of the ac- action cues. So that's not much, but it's, it's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry that this conversation has been plagued by goats, but I'm glad we got to mention Diane on the day. Um, I think we should leave it here for today. Um, it leaves me to thank Marcos, James, Ben, David, and Bill, and we will talk to you all again soon. Thank you very much. And the lack of Bond 25 news as well. Yep. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me back. Good talking to you all. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks for inviting me. That was great. Say live and let die Well, you gotta give the other fellow hell